Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, uh, today's guest is big in all sense. Uh, I'll tell you a couple of stories of why you might know this guy. Number one, uh, I heard a vicious rumour that uh, they ran out of weight plates at M10 when he was doing a hack squat and he had to put James Sutton, Callum Rastrick on either side and the machine was still far too light from him. Another story you may know him from is that he is the NABA Mr. Pro Universe. It is the one, the only, the Viking, Josh Malley. How are we doing, buddy? Hey, how are we going, mate? Thank you very much for having me. Oh, mate, no problem. It's an absolute pleasure, um, and I'm thrilled to finally get to chat to you. I've only spoke to you briefly when I've been yeah, down at Yeah, just in passing, isn't it? Yeah. Just in passing, but you know, you've accomplished that one sort of goal every time I've seen you, which is to make me feel like an absolute child. Um, <laughs> I often think that I'm pretty tall and a decently built guy. Can you just give the listeners an idea of uh, how tall you are and how much you weigh at the current moment, Josh? So I'm six foot six, um, and at the moment um, I'm a, a moderate three hundred and five pounds for me. Um, <laughs> a coming off, coming off a kind of post post prep um, kind of phase, just kind of keeping everything quite moderate. Um, but yeah, hopefully in the coming months we'll see three thirty is normally where off seasons tend to. Yeah, and, 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 and every, every time I've come back down, whether it was three years ago, I saw you for the first time at M10, uh, at a camp uh, in 2016, whether it was then or whether it was actually at the latest time at the Muscle Mentors camp, um, you're just getting bigger, dude. And it, I'm like, fuck, I must be shrinking. I must be shrinking. But for anyone, for anyone out there that's perhaps, they're like, right, I'm not too sure, sure who Josh is and I don't know what NABA is and stuff like that. Could you give the listeners a brief introduction of yourself your sort of career within bodybuilding to date your coaching um and maybe also an idea of just how many shows you've actually done i think that'd be amazing for listeners to hear yeah definitely so i've always been uh kind of a sporty kid i've always been a tall kid that's always favored me um kind of until um i was 18 i was quite a high level swimmer competed at kind of uh national kind of i did like commonwealth trials olympic trials uh, in swimming and then from there I kind of retired uh, had a lot of free time uh, went into the gym loved the gym found um, just found this sort of passion for for getting bigger I was always at a, quite a slight kind of frame as anyone who follows me will see the kind of classic transformation bigger like the poster they <laughs> myself feel better um, so yeah I was when I started kind of I suppose my bodybuilding journey when I started training kind of four, five, six times a week, I was uh, 19 years old, probably about 85 kilograms. Um, wow. So whatever that is in pounds, that was when I worked in kilograms, so now I realize pounds is more impressive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so from there, it took me um, kind of four years of just finding my feet. I mean, anyone who knows swimming knows it's a high volume sport. Yeah. So I went from swimming to training in the gym six or seven times a week doing literally everything like i've got old log books even back then i didn't know what i was logging but i logged it and it would be like you know flat chest press incline chest press decline chest press flat dumbbell <laughs> chest press like just do it rinse everything yep. um standard i got into competing um in 2010 so I've been at it a decade now. Wow. So, um, yeah. That's and awesome. I have just for, to cover the shows. I've done 22 shows. Um, so, yeah, I started in 2010 um, as a classic competitor. That was when the classic class was in the UKBFF. 
Um, so it was done on, again, like a high-end weight formula. Uh, that class kind of fell out of, of fashion, I think, and obviously we've got the classic physique and all of that now, which is amazing. Um, but that was great for me because I was too old. I was 22, so I was, I was past the junior age limit at that time. I was a very skinny bodybuilder, um, and I kind of fitted in okay there. Um, I played second at my first show and came fifth of the British, um, which was cool. That was classic done. I was literally at the weight limit anyway. Um, so I then took two years off. I did the inter over 90 kilograms uh, at the UKBFF in 2012. Uh, I won my qualifier and got destroyed at the finals with guys like Luke Sando. Um, so, I mean, it was an amazing experience, obviously. I've not, you know, stepped on stage with Luke since, thank God. Um, but yeah, to be there. Um, then 2012 to 2014, um, I got kind of more friends with uh, Max O'Connor, who's always been a fantastic kind of NABRA athlete particularly. Um, and I went into NABRA from 2014 until today I've been there. Um, simple reason initially was they kind of, they do a height category system, which as a really tall bodybuilder, it does help because, you know, me and Luke, for example, are very hard to compare on any level. Yeah, sure. um, whereas at least someone kind of, I'm 6'6", six, six. I think the, the height's over like 6'1", or something like that, 6'1", six six for class 1. So there's a realm of, of comparability. Um, and I loved it. I think my first show, um, those two years from 2012, 2014, saw a really good uh, stint of progress. Uh, I started feeling like I looked more like a bodybuilder uh, until that point. I, just, I mean, I still look in the mirror now. I think I'm skinny, even though I know it's warped. Um, you're, but, like, you're like two of um, me. It's like you've eaten, <laughs> eaten me <laughs> and, and that creates yeah. So, yeah, so I did the 2014, the first show, the Nubba Midlands was, uh, I, I won the overall and that was incredible. I never even contemplated anything like that. Um, won my class, won the overall, did the British and uh, I can't remember. I was, I was top six, but I can't remember if I was top three or not. Um, then did the world championships and then basically from 2014 to, 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 to 2019 I competed with NABRA every year uh, when I won the British I then focused more on the universe um, for those who don't know NABRA's British is in kind of June time and the universe is on October um, I did one year where I did both which was hard because it, I think it was something like 48 weeks dieting in total oh, um that's yeah, no, no, no fun. Um, so, yeah, and then from then I've been doing the, the universe. My first universe, I got third. Um, second, I got second. Third, I got first in the amateur. 2018, I got second in the pro. 2019, I got first in the pro. So it's, uh, when I actually say it, it does sound pretty cool, but I don't really like look at the past too much. So, um, I, I, yeah, and, and here we are, and here we are. Um, Outside of that, or I suppose professionally, um, I graduated from Loughborough University um, in 2009, worked in the gym there. I was very focused on bodybuilding, so I just kind of found a job that I didn't really have to do much. I could just be a bodybuilder, work pretty nice shifts, and eat all my meals, train what I wanted, um, until it got to the point where I was just kind of like, I should really, or I had a, I had a kind of inner desire to do more. I was like, bodybuilding is great, but it's not going to pay the bills and I don't want to be a kind of gym drunk, like kind of gym hand all my life. Um, 
knew Mark Coles already, spoke to Mark, kind of gave me a job. Um, worked at M10, which is, I mean, just absolute, you know, talk about landing on your feet. Um, learned from some of the best coaches, met some of the best coaches. Then um, last year, yeah, 2019, February, coming up to a year, I'm still not broke. Um, I went kind of self-employed, did my own setup on my own online coaching business. And um, and that takes us through today. And like I said, it's still going well, such would. Yeah, 100% dude. And I think I've followed you since uh, 2016. So when I first did one of the M-Time camps, it was, I came in for like a Friday night session to do a push uh, before like a Saturday camp and you were in there. Um, and I still remember one of the first things I ever said to you, I held the door for you as you came out and I was just like, holy fucking shit, who's this guy? But to see how much you've sort of progressed over the years from you just sort of like, Everything you've just said there was was said in sort of a very blase, humble way, like, oh, I came second year and then I came fourth. Like, Although you've had such an accomplishment, one thing I massively respect about it is you're a humble guy about it. And you're still looking to improve and you still, each year, you come back with a better physique. And being a, I'm six foot three, like, you give someone like me hope, saying, right, if I, if I nail it for a decade, I might get, <laughs> if I can get 50% of where Josh is, I'm going to look all right. Um, yeah. So you give, you certainly give guys that might hope, but I think it's a great example to some to some younger bodybuilders out there who, you know, let's face it, there might be a lot of guys who go on Instagram, they'll see a photo of yourself or someone, and they go, I want to look like that in two three years, and it it's just not perhaps realistic. But I think one thing it's probably all started with you is perhaps a vision. But what I wanted you to to do was to give the the ideas a listener. Okay, how does someone go from being a swimmer and I can relate to that because I was a swimmer as well when I was younger um, how do we go from being a swimmer then over the years to be like right I want to be Mr. Naba pro universe so could you tell us a bit of how it started but then how did it develop over the years did it just grow or where did it stem from it's, it's a funny one like it's something I get asked quite a lot and I struggle to put it into words because it's not necessarily the answer that most people would like expect or, or want to hear because I, I never really like set out to do anything. Like when I started, I wasn't happy with the way I looked. Um, I, I I had a I had a connection. That if I got bigger, I'd be more confident. Um, and you know, I always loved big superheroes. I always loved bigger guys. I used to watch World's Strongest Man. I wasn't really aware of bodybuilders. Um, and I actually think that that stood me in quite a good stead because I started bodybuilding before Instagram. Um, I remember one of the first guys I worked with at the gym. Um, he he kind of educated me a bit on like bodybuilders. He was like, "This is Ronnie Coleman." That's how basic we're talking. Um, he was like, "This is Ronnie Coleman. This is Jay Cutler." But I, I didn't know that they weren't six foot six. So I looked at them and I thought, "I can look like that. Why not?" Well, I was probably like, a, well, I didn't realize it was like five ten or whatever. Um, so almost that naivety, I think, stood me in quite a good stead because I just cracked on. I didn't really like compare myself too much um you know even now one of the biggest things i preach is just like do every day really well and the bigger picture will take care of itself you know like obviously whatever your goals are it doesn't matter you know you have steps that you need to achieve every day every hour you know when are you going to eat your meals when are you going to train um and if you can't put 100 percent into them then you can't expect to get 100 percent out of whatever you know you might have in, in your head um so yeah a little bit um, kind of wishy-washy and, and I just kind of got started I got the ball rolling I loved it um, and I just knew that I 
I, I knew I, I knew I could be better. There's something inside me that I know. Although I'm really proud and happy of how far I've come, every time I've done an off season or done a prep and given a hundred percent, there's still something in me saying there's something more you can do. There's something more you can give. There's that you can get better because um, people are like you know, especially like my mum. She's like. When you, you you're not bigger, you think you get any bigger? Like, but like that simple question, you oh, think you get any bigger? Like that simple question, I I think I can, and I will, and I will work damn hard to do it. You know, even if it's a pound, two pounds a year, in the right places, that's all good. So, I've always had a very short-sighted approach to things, um, and like when it came to the universe, like the first universe I did, and I got third, I can honestly say I was probably. That was the second most elated and emotional I've been um, with a result because I had no expectations. I thought if I got top six, that is, you know, chilling with the big boys. Um, but obviously getting third, I suppose, that was maybe where the dream for the universe started to form because I was like, well, third, it's not that far to second uh, and then to first. Sure. So, um yeah, and then obviously when I got second, ironically, that was really tough on me because um, you know how people talk, and you know, you know, and that was the one year I probably got caught up in people going, "You're looking amazing." And I look in the mirror, I go, "I do look pretty good," um, and like you know, some people saying, "Oh, you know, this is you know, you're looking the best there," and everything. And even on the day, and again, this is why I tell people to just ignore everyone <laughs> because yeah. it doesn't, you know, like even the judges, a couple of judges came up and said got you first mate at the interval they were like yeah got you first I was there I was like wow backstage on on, on stage for the results uh, second place from the UK Josh Mead or something I was like that was that was the first time I was like oh my god this sucks yeah <laughs> but it's like second and then I was like second in the universe man up come on it's cool <laughs> I, was, um, I was literally to say I'm sure afterwards perspective and hindsight would have been a wonderful yeah thing. well that's the thing like I tried I felt so ungrateful to be fair because like um you know, it's, it's the damn cool achievement, but I think that was that was a good learning point for me. And just like you know, stay in your lane. Don't let other people cloud, you know, your your judgment, your expectation. I've always said, and I'll always shut like clients down straight away. If anyone ever comes to me and says, um, "What's your goal?" You know, step on. I want to win. I'm like, no, we're not. You'll be your best, and you'll work a hundred percent to be that. But if you're focusing on a result in a sport that is so subjective. And you're going to get absolutely buried. Man, um, I, I love that you said that. That that's coming <laughs> from Mister like Mister Navapro Universe is saying you it's about being at your best and because so many guys and and girls you know female bodybuilding yeah, yeah, they say you know I'm I'm out there for, I'm going for the British title I'm going for a place and blah blah and I I just always say well what if Josh Malley shows up? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, there's so many guys known and unknown and. At the end of the day, there's no good of making a comment like that. Like, if you believe it, brilliant. Believe it, hold on to it, work for that every single day. Um, but realistically, that shouldn't be your your kind of sole focus, your sole drive. And I know some guys say, you know, like you say, they're, they're very adamant that that is, you know, the, the reason they do it and the most important thing. But I don't know, bodybuilding, it, it culminates for me being on stage but it's so much more than that, you know, it is, yeah. it's cliche as it sounds, it's the lifestyle, it's the routine, it's the, the sense of achievement I get on a daily basis from doing things that I love and doing them well. Um, so I will always take that. And if I, if I step on stage looking incredible, in my own opinion, 
then I am I'm happy. This year, for example, like I was backstage, I was pumping up, and I always keep my clothes on till I'm pretty pumped because I, I like to hope that I'm going to like what I see. Um, took my top off, and I was like, okay, cool, it's on. Whatever happens, this is a good look. Yeah. Um, and, and from there, it's just chilling. So yeah, that's awesome. And, and what I love is that if we were to go back over what you said about you kind of had the you got the second place, um, and from there it stemmed to to about staying in your lane. We could argue that for a lot of people in that instance they maybe go the opposite way so i think it's a good example of that you know you overcame not necessarily a limiting belief in what you could achieve because i think that the the passion in your voice when you speak about bodybuilding it, it shines through about what you know you're capable of but over the years of competing perhaps if you think back to the early days now you mentioned that you never really set out to do anything when when you kind of got the idea in your head of okay i want to do something was there any sort of steps that you had to overcome, limiting beliefs-wise, to get you to then, or was it a case of that's just who you are? I think I think it is more who I am. Like I've, I'm not a com- I'm not like a arrogant or a, or a or an overly confident person, but like I have a lot of confidence that I can give my hundred percent, and you know all that. In my opinion, the only kind of limiting factor is time. So. If you know, I don't know. Let's just take my arms for example, right? Because I want my arms to be fucking massive, like every dude does. But they they are the most stubborn and the slowest growing thing. However, they're getting better. Like, and and that's why I say like every year when I'm still not happy with them, I go well. Actually, they are still getting better. So it's kind of you know I know that when I keep working and I keep kind of putting that putting the hours in, putting the effort in. The, the only thing that's stopping me is, you know, how much time I've got. And, you know, bodybuilding, you look at the great bodybuilders, you know, there's not really an age limit if you keep yourself in check and you don't break. Um, you know, I've hopefully, I don't know, uh, you know, I'm at best, oh, sorry, what, best at worst, I'm hoping to be less than halfway through my career right now. I was just, I literally was just to, to ask you, my next point was you've been doing this a decade now, some people out there are thinking, is Josh going to make the jump IFBB? Go abroad? Yeah. Is that, big one for is, that, <laughs> is that the vision for you? Or if there maybe there's a different one, uh, if you could perhaps share that with us? Uh, that'd be yeah, great. well, I mean, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk honestly about my sort of uh, insight and, and my where I, where I stand and what I think about bodybuilding right now. And that's like, for me... I just want to get better. It doesn't matter which stage I step on, which federation I step on. I just want to stay. I just want to be better. So then it comes back to where do I really enjoy competing? NABA, PCA, absolutely love the shows. Um, I've not done a two bros show, however, I've been to some. Uh, standard, fantastic. They're long, and they're quite expensive, and I. If I were to win a pro card, um, and by no means presuming that at all, but then there's such a huge step up. And from a, from a kind of bodybuilding is my passion, but I need to make money. What kind of, what's got me to where I am from a business point of view is kind of being my own brand. People looking at me, people seeing the sort of, um, the consistent effort, the kind of fairly level-headed nature like I said, hopefully come across quite well. Um, and 
to, to kind of keep that going, you, you do need to keep an element of momentum. Um, so I, I, honestly, I honestly think that one day I would love to go IPB, but right now, um, from a personal point of view and a professional point of view, it makes more sense to stay in NABA and PCA because, you know, hopefully I can create some sort of legacy within NABA. Um, you know, every year it's going to get harder, but if I could win again, and you know that would be you know three time, three time Mr. Universe. It's it starts putting your name in some pretty cool categories, um, and and like IFBB is fantastic, but it's it's just another Fed, um, and it's another damn tough Fed where, like I said, I would have to take at least two years out of competing, um, and I'm just not prepared. Or I've just not got the desire to do that right now. Yeah. Um, so I, it might come to a point where with NABA and PCA, I'm like, right, well, now I am just competing for the sake of it. I've not really got as much drive or as much passion. And then it would be like, well, what can I do to ignite that? What can I challenge myself to kind of try and push? Um, and then I can see that becoming more of a reality. Yeah. Um, what, what, I I mean, love, what I love is that you have this relentless pursuit just to be better. And yeah. the, the, you know, co- coming from someone that's ha- had so many accolades, that's fantastic to hear because you don't need a label of this and the next thing. You just want to be labeled as the guy that every single year came back and looked a bit better and looked a bit better. And and whatever you get is a true reflection of how you conduct yourself on a daily basis. And mate, what comes across is that you're a very humble guy and you're good at what you do and and, and you're you're not cocky in any sort of way. And that's, that's something like, that's a quality that's so missed within the bodybuilding scene. Uh, today because so many guys you know they get big and they think oh I'm I'm Billy fucking big bollocks and this is what this is what you need to do and you need to eat this many grams of carbs where you just kind of go with the flow but if we were to talk about let's say I know that right now you probably train a certain way but throughout your your 10 year career or decade in bodybuilding was there a time that you said, right, I, ch- I changed my training from X to Y and it completely radically changed my physique, but then actually for a, then a time period that stopped working, so I changed it to Z and then I went back to X. So could you give our listeners an idea of over that 10-year decade, what's changed or perhaps has anything changed or has anything remained consistent? Yeah, yeah things have definitely changed. Um, I mean, like I said earlier, like when I started, I did everything. I just was volume you know i didn't realize you could do less than kind of 10 reps or less than three sets you know i thought that was gospel um and i I kind of followed like when i worked at the gym in loughborough um i you know i know that the kind of couple of the kind of staff there were like your volume is obscene it's just stupid like and it makes no sense and i was like oh yeah and i'll give this is one thing i will say is i've always loved training how i've trained and if someone gives me or says to me, this is a really good training plan and I don't enjoy it, I'm not going to give it my all and I'm not going to actually get as much out of it as I could. Um, so volume to begin with, um, I've never been too fascinated with being strong. Um, and I think that probably helped certainly when I was learning to train, not get injured for a start. Um, because I, I like, I don't know if I've ever done like a one rep or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Potentially when I was swimming, but let's be honest, like a 60 kilo one rep isn't going to hurt anyone. <laughs> um, so, um, so from there, um, the, one of the guys at the gym, I don't know, 
some people may know of him. He's on the train by JPT, a guy called Rich Ellis. Um, he's a powerlifter, ex-British record holder for bench, I think 300 kilos. And we got really close, and I started kind of jumping in a few sessions with him. Um, and Rich is someone who's always loved bodybuilding and has always probably had like a hybrid approach to training. Like powerlifting and strength has been his forte. He's quite a He's had some quite bad shoulder injuries, so that's a little bit less now. But like, he's also always trained with like decent volume. Um, but that taught me a lot about intensity, and like, he was a huge inspiration to me from pretty much kind of maybe the age of twenty-one to whenever I, whenever I left working, like four or five years. Um, and we we trained together quite consistently for the early kind of one or two years, and then I sort of found. Um, you know, I, I, I got I learned enough of his approach and how to channel that intensity when it mattered. And I'd also found out kind of what I liked. I also found out what maybe I needed more of in terms of from a, from a physical point of view, from, from a competing point of view, um, than he. Like, he's just a big, strong dude all around. Um, and, and I was like, well, I need to focus more on this. So I kind of went off and did my own thing. I followed a kind of bro split for... Uh, can't really remember when I switched more to kind of push pull leg style, but it probably coincided round about when I started at M10, so kind of four or five years ago. Um, but until then, it would be you know, um, yeah, just your classic back and biceps, chest, um, triceps, shoulders, etc. Um, I did do a good stint of legs twice a week, and I think that set me in good stead. Um, and then since then, I've also done a good stint of like no legs. <laughs> And still didn't make a fucking difference. They still stayed. Um, <laughs> but um, since M10, I suppose, let's call it then, um, yeah, it's been a push-pull leg style. Um, a lot more focus on progressive overload. Um, like I think progressive overload is obviously huge now. Um, and, I mean, I was, at, I was at university with Jordan. He was a year below me. Oh, and at Loughborough. So I've known Jordan for, you know, since he was... He's always been a big dude, but like he was tiny then compared to now. But I remember looking at him and going, wow, you're enormous. Um, <laughs> and he's always been crazy strong. Um, so, I mean, I started like when I trained with Rich as a powerlifting hybrid style, like progressive overload was there, but we weren't calling it that. Yeah. Like it was like, here are your numbers. Like I said, I've logged my sessions even when there's been, it's just been like writing shit down forever, like since I started. Um, so I've always had numbers that, I want to be or I don't want to get worse. Um, but more focus probably since working at M10 on that intensity. And then on the flip side, obviously, a huge part of, you know, the knowledge I gained there was about, you know, how to apply kind of tension efficiently, how to, you know, make the most out of like isolation movements. So it, it went not quite nicely hand in hand. And I followed that through now. Um, I suppose more recently, I've appreciated that um, particularly at certain times of the year I can't train as frequently as I thought I could to a, to a high level okay. um, like I said I you know I love training and like I you know six seven times a week six times a week five times a week I thought five times a week was like whoa that's like low volume um, but like for me right now I train four times a week and I struggle to think where I currently am like how I would like recover well enough to, to do a fifth session. Um, 
one thing I've always struggled with, which is to, not necessarily to my detriment, I love the week. So I love seven days. So like this whole two on one off, I've struggled with because like you're not going to train the same thing on a Monday. Yeah. Um, like I like knowing Monday is pull, Thursday is legs, you know, whatever. Um, however, I am very close to giving it a go because <laughs> I think I think from where I am right now with the frequency and volume, rather than putting a fifth session in every week, it makes more sense to go to two on one off. Um, so I've got a kind of tentative plan in my head that I'll put into practice probably in the next in the next two weeks. Um, so yeah, kind of intensity, uh, appreciation for recovery, um, and curbing my my volume. I'm one of these guys who, um, you know, everyone says you shouldn't do it, but you know, we're not perfect. Uh, like I will sometimes such a strong urge to add volume to sessions to make them harder, rather than breaking it down and going no no no. You've got that number of sets to make count, make them count, and don't be, you know, don't be a bitch. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, and like I said, really enjoying training. Um, obviously, it's only kind of a week into 2020, so kind of nice time off. So everyone's enjoying training right now. But, yeah, um, yeah looking forward to the year ahead, as always do. No, I remember... Um... It's funny you say about you had a stint. I'm just I'm gonna go back to the start of what you were saying there. Yeah. You had a stint where you didn't train legs. I remember um, when I first followed you. Um, a, a lot of your Instagram stories was you were training legs, but talking about how much you hated it and how much oh, yeah. no, no nobody nobody enjoys it. But to hear that you kind of had a stint of not training them and they didn't go anywhere for how much muscle you have in your legs is quite interesting. Um, how yeah. how long was that stint for? Um, I think I, because the thing is, like, I hate like training legs, but like, I'm still a psycho bodybuilder, so I do have a part of me that I love the feeling after, and I don't feel like I'm a real bodybuilder if I don't train legs. Okay. So, although, like, the reason I did it was because I think when I said don't, I think I didn't train. I think I trained them once every two or three weeks for about three or four months. Okay. Um, so in like, 10 years that's just a that's just a very small yeah I, but that, I mean from a mental point of view I just couldn't handle any longer I was like no this isn't I'm like I'm taking a piss I'm like you know this can't be right uh, but it was just a focus on on everything else um, you know upper body has always been behind um, but then if I when I look at my legs you know yes my quads have always been for a good number of years kind of a stand up body part but you know hamstrings and glutes are still plenty to kind of to work on uh, so that's where the kind of structure of my leg sessions lies now although I'm doing a little bit more quad stuff just because I've literally done hamstrings glutes followed by quads for like four years and just like, I'm like no come on give just, these quads give them a just, chance to shine just getting frustrated with it no dude it's awesome I just wanted to prick your brain there just how big your legs yeah. are so moving on um, I think that you know one thing we see and if we talk about the, the bodybuilding as, a, as an industry is a lot of guys taking you know way too many anabolics and then perhaps wondering why they don't look like uh, you know Ronnie Coleman uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was me you know I, when I was seven years ago I was googling testing decacycle and just you know some guy called Big Jimmy was telling me to take 800 milligrams of test and I'm like yeah. 85 88 kilos yeah. at the time but I think that um, you know if you were to have perhaps give your opinion to someone who's in their early days they're thinking about it and they're thinking that Oh, it's it's the drugs that make the difference. Well, could you maybe just again place a bit more emphasis on? Well, okay, maybe they're a small part of it, but what else should they perhaps be focusing on apart from you know what Big Jimmy's telling them? Yeah, 
Yeah, so Big Jimmy's a liar. No, he's not. A, he's not a liar. I'm sure Big Jimmy's doing great. Um, no, so, so I mean, uh, for, for the listeners, like, so they kind of can appreciate that I'm not just, you know, some sort of just trying to preach. I have learned from my mistakes. I have been uh, low dose. Um, I was fortunate to get good advice when I started, so I didn't like just start off like an absolute moron. Um, however, that didn't stop me kind of five years down the line progressing into a bit of a moron and just being like yeah well surely more is better like because and unfortunately there will be some people out here who will listen to this and still ignore it there hopefully will be some who go okay yeah, like i get what you're saying so i was one of the former i was like you know you can tell me what you want i'm going to do it and i'm going to make my own mind up so I, I pushed quite high um felt like shit didn't look any better didn't train any better didn't grow anymore that was that that was that experiment done um and uh, and since then, um, I've, I've, take, I've been taking less and less, to be fair. Um, so I think Jordan put a post recently, which put it quite well. It doesn't really matter what you take. Like, it's just like, um, it's just a part of it. You know, people think like, you know, Decker, Master on Trend, MPP, whatever it may be. One of those is going to be, or like a combination of those, and you're going to suddenly like, quadruple the effect of everything. No, like it's all pretty much the same. It's just what you get on. Um, and the rest of it is, and no one likes to hear it, time. You know, like 10 years I've been doing this. And like, I'm, that's not 10 years of like going to the gym. That's 10 years of, I'm a, I have a very addictive personality. That's 10 years of logging every lift. That's 10 years of eating every meal. Now sure, in the first one or two years, I may not have known, you know, that much but i still ate the same food every day and you know pushed from there learned from there progressed from there um and you know in 10 years the last holiday i went on was 2012 for a week oh, wow. um you know, i've been away for one wedding for like three days um and then i've taken like a week or 10 days off over christmas every year so that's that's it. And I think if you said that to anyone, they'd be like, well, of course you're going to fucking progress. <laughs> you know, you've, you've spent yeah. the best part of 95% of the past 10 years bodybuilding. Um, you know, even if you didn't have a clue, you're still just the effort involved is going to get you somewhere. Um, and that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, you, when you actually break down, when you talk to people and they go, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and you know, why, why am I not changing? And you're like, okay, you're doing that like every day? Yeah, 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 but, you know, okay, there we go. Right, straight away, there shouldn't be a but. So it's it's just people need to be real with themselves and be true with themselves. There's nothing wrong with not being a top-level bodybuilder. Like, you know, you don't have to put in that amount of effort, but don't question why you aren't achieving the same results or the same speed of results as someone who is putting in, you know, their life and soul into every single aspect. Yeah, 100%. I think that you hit the nail on the head about sort of it'll all sort of work. But if we were to speak about inter individuality and how much better someone might feel on, say, higher test, and then someone might feel a bit better on higher nandrolone or something like that, um, I think it'd be good for listeners to, to really get a, a good insight from you of how you stay on top of your health, perhaps throughout your, or perhaps how you have stayed on top of your health throughout your bodybuilding career. Because you, you've probably got to a point now where you just know, like, right that dose of x y and z i feel good on that i don't feel lethargic because i'm 
you've probably trialled it and experimented yeah, yeah, yeah. to the hills yeah. and back. So how have you managed to stay on top of your health? Is there anything that you've particularly looked out for and anything that you manage perhaps on a daily or every other day basis, perhaps track monthly, every few months? So my um, biggest, my luckiest thing is my mum is a huge advocate of vitamins and you know supplements through that manner. And without even realising, like I... We we um like she sees a, a kind of I don't know what you call them really she, she's a doctor but she's not like a GP she um like she basically advises what supplements an individual should take based on their lifestyle you know what they do etc and I saw this lady you know probably ten nine eight years ago um, and she kind of she set me on a really good path just in terms of health supplements um, now when it comes to um, kind of keeping on top of health. Uh, the past four years have been much more vigilant. Um, obviously, now you won't really find anyone um, at a good level or any, any good coach not kind of talking about anabolics and blood work and health markers in the same sentence. Uh, when I started, it, I, it kind of came across it, but I didn't really know what it was. I didn't really know how to do it. Like, there weren't sites like use. Um, revisited or many checks um, it was a bit of a kind of wishy-washy um, thing so don't do this for everyone starting but I didn't get blood work done for too long um, fortunately because I wasn't a complete arsehole with usage and I took adequate time off nothing really I'm fine obviously yeah um, since then uh, blood work is done two to three times a year for myself um, I keep an eye on my blood pressure, um, keep an eye on my blood glucose, um, but realistically, the, the blood work and, and how I feel are the main things that I personally go off. Um, like I take blood pressure every week, and, and you know, it it's in it's a bit high, but you know, I'm three hundred and five pounds. It's it's not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, we're talking like one thirty five, one forty over kind of seventy, eighty. Um, so I, you know, I can yeah. kind of handle handle that um, and I'm always like conscious and trying to kind of you know make it better I think having that there just keeps you mindful of it rather than letting it go stupid and then be like fuck no I need to really make some changes um, my blood glucose and, all, and the kind of HbA1c all those things have always been really good so I'm quite lucky there um, and yeah that's pretty much it you know until before there's been a lot of illnesses around uh, recently but before Christmas I got a little bit of a cold and that was the first cold I've had in two years um, so you know from a kind of health point of view I'm, I'm not doing too badly so um, I, I think but like I said I don't like I religiously I've taken like supplements to support immune health to support obviously more recently you know specific um, you know you know all, uh, liver kidney etc um, that you know more relevant to put an anabolic usage um, and I'm not scared to spend money on that because being a good bodybuilder takes time being a good bodybuilder you kind of need to be healthy for that time so it's all money well spent yeah 100% and, and that's one thing I had a couple of guys last year who just blatantly just refused to get the bloods done uh, we don't work together anymore but their main, their main reason behind it was <laughs> just dead. 
<laughs> they just were like, I don't want to pay two hundred pounds. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, but dude, you just dropped five hundred quid on your yeah. cycle, and yeah, yeah. they're like, Yeah, but th- that's okay. And I'm just like, You know, you're not yeah. even going to do your blood pressure for me. So um, it was just, I just wanted someone of your status to be like, This is what I do, and this is how rigorous I am with it because. There's a lot of people, um, you're a big inspiration for myself and a lot of people, a lot of young guys out there that'll probably look up, look up to you. So having you sort of set the standard in what is the, you know, needs to be done. And, and I love that you mentioned longevity because yeah. too many guys think they can maybe take this up in one year, be, you know, Ronnie Coleman within five and then, hey, I'm going to be just back to going out on the piss every Saturday night, Saturday night um, after that time. So I guess this leads me really, really well onto my next question, is that, you know, you've been around the bodybuilding scene for so long, uh, and probably in that time frame, there was probably a time where everyone was like, oh, it's all about fucking high test, and then perhaps a few years later it was, oh, it's all about, you know, fucking MPP, it's all about MPP, and, and do you th- or, or whatever it was, is there perhaps any sort of common like trends you see of, of people things that things that people are doing wrong are, are they just is there misconception like you just said Jordan Peters had said it's really about anything over the years is there anything you've you've seen a trend of pe- people think oh that does X Y and Z that does X Y and Z when re- in reality it maybe doesn't I mean not I, I I have quite a closed circle when it comes to like people that I listen to and I don't follow a huge number of kind of people who, who spout loads so when it comes to like trends on the anabolic fragment obviously it's quite a niche topic and i've not come across kind of too much that i could like finger like point the finger out and be like that's you know being the case at one time or that's been the case at the other um like i just think everyone i think now we're in a good point because of everyone being very health conscious and i suppose preaching a lower dose approach and being smart and sensible but realistically you know we're all still kind of not you get to a certain point you're not pushing low doses but it's like still being sensible and healthy with it um so i mean right now i don't think it's kind of anything particularly um there's a little less talk on insulin these days i think uh, i know that kind of had a real revival so to speak um and it has its place but again know what you're doing um so yeah no i don't think there's there's too much that i I'd kind of comment there yeah absolutely and, and as you said there will come a time now i think it's um it's right to, to remind the listeners of of how much you weigh right and i'm going to tell a story that's nothing to do with bodybuilding but a lot to do with weight so me and my fiance were going to get mortgage uh a uh, mortgage advisor yesterday and uh, the guy was doing a critical life insurance and I had to give my weight to Aviva and uh, I went it's, I'm 108 kilos right now I'm prepping right so he went how much is that in stone I went 17 stone and he went oh that's going to put the quote up and it, and it put it up 9 pounds it went from 61 to 69 pounds now what I would say for yourself is that if they ever ask you what your weight is don't just give them your stage weight. Minus fifty from that, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'll give them. I'll give them my starting weight when I started bodybuilding. hundred percent because. Well, yeah, I'm uh, twelve stone. Three. I mean, a lot of people might perhaps work in stone. Would you know how much three hundred thirty pounds is in stone in kilos? I think we're around the twenty-four stone, six three thirty pounds, about one hundred and fifty kilos. That is insane. Yeah. 
that's so that'd, a, be quite, that'd be a big quote. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was going to say, but he did say, however, there was other providers where you can give your trouser size, and that brings the quote oh. back down. So I was like, right, that's how. Oh my fun. god, that's amazing. Yeah, but dude, it, it happened, that's and I was just crazy. like, I can't believe that because I was sitting there and looking at myself, going, I've got a little bit abs right now. I'm, I'm not fat. Yeah, I said, yeah, I'm yeah. glad I've got my latest blood results, mate. They're absolutely fine. <laughs> exactly that, but a bit that was a bit off topic. But just reminding them of how how tall you are or how much yeah. you know like how much muscle you have can't be attained just overnight and that it all comes back to longevity but taking care of your health now inevitably we will need to at some point have our health say go to a compromised place for example when body fat's a, a super low level now yeah. you've mentioned that at times you take stints off and whatnot so let's say once you've once you have done prep to get your sort of health markers back in place or perhaps do you take X amount of weeks off? You said you're training now four days a week. Is that all yeah. for like rest and recuperation? Perhaps you put an e- some extra supplementation in for that recovery purposes. Just just to remind remind the listeners that it's not all about just you come off everything straight away and blah blah and oh you're absolutely yeah. fine. It's like well there's an interim period and maybe perhaps you could tell us about that. Yeah. So so for me, I mean, and everyone will do this differently. You know, you'll see, uh, you know, some bodybuilders finish a prep and utilize a rebound uh and for those who can't see i'm giving the old bunny ears <laughs> Love that. um so um but but I, like realistically there's there's only so much muscle we can gain in a certain time frame um and i i've always thought that you know i get in good condition so i know for a fact that i put my body under a lot of stress to do that and i don't think my body is going to appreciate getting then hammered at it from a completely different angle to put on muscle, which isn't really muscle, it's just weight. You know, there will be an element of, of muscle in there, but the, the kind of risk versus reward for me isn't worth it. Post-show, personally, uh, isn't a time that I look at pushing or reaping rewards or anything like that. Um, and don't get me wrong, there are some guys who, who do it and seem to do it very well, um, but I also think that they are probably maybe more genetically gifted. I'm thinking of one in particular lately because like, not like, uh, I don't know if you, the guy came second to me at the pro university, won the overall Miss Universe, Jack Brooker. Okay. Like, I don't know if you've seen like his rebound, but he's put like 40 pounds on and he's still got like, shit, like lines in his glutes. Like, he works with Jordan and like, yes. Okay. That's, that's a rebound. And although he has blown up and I'm sure those muscles are very full with, with glycogen, he's definitely put tissue on. Um, but, for the majority of us, that probably isn't going to be a reality. And like I said before, risk versus reward. It's it's a time to start thinking about your off season, which isn't starting straight away. It's starting when your body is rested and recovered, so it's in a healthy point to then progress. Um, so for me, post show, um, kind of what I'm taking, uh, I drop out orals, obviously, um, tapered down fat burners. Um, I'll, I'll reduce my dose. Um, quite substantially and then I'll taper that down to a cruise uh, and then I don't get blood work done like after a show because it's going to be shit and like like for me like that there's no point I'd, I'd rather do it when I've put into place some kind of I suppose recovery processes that I can take it and then if it needs more work I can do it from there because you know post show is going to be bad of course you're going to have to recover. Like, I don't need anyone to tell me that. Um, so I'm actually just off that. So I compete. I finished competing 14th of November. Um, 
I'm looking to get my blood work done in the next week or two. Um, so what's that kind of two months, eight weeks? Um, and then all being well, I'll be good to go for end of January, beginning of Feb. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of supplements, I run, like I said, I'm big on my health supplements. I run them kind of year round. Uh, nothing changes too much. Um, they're always they're always present in the forefront. Uh, when it comes to uh, recovery, yeah, added in an extra rest day, uh, so drop the four days. Um, coming out of a show, I don't try and be overly strong. It's very much kind of going through the motions, getting my body working, feeling kind of good, any aches or pains, just kind of being sensible with that. Um, and then I um, I keep cardio in as something that this year especially I'm going to keep cardio in all year. I find I've got an exercise bike now, so I've no excuses. Um, but like again, it's just something for me. It's like a, a progression. It's something I've always wanted to do and, and just simply been too lazy off season to do. Um, but I want to keep going. I want to keep progressing, and I want to have a uh, you know as healthy a life as bodybuilding allows. And you know, alongside that, you, you, you need a functioning cardiovascular system. Um, so, yeah, kind of uh, the past eight weeks have been food that has pretty much maintained weight, not pushed anything, um, allowed me to recover from sessions. Again, the extra rest day, um, and only really probably a week or two before Christmas did I start looking at pushing loads up again and progressing and obviously now we're here and and i'm feeling well rested and, and good um so yeah it, it, it's a you know it's a cyclical approach you know you have to look at these things and like i i, I do bridge each kind of cycle with a cruise like i don't ever come off completely um because i'm going to go back on it's what i do so I, you know so as long as i can establish a, a good base of health in that time frame and last year, for example, last year was, was quite a good one. I took, got my blood work done mid-Jan. Uh, it wasn't where I wanted it to be, or where I was kind of comfortable to start anything. So I then took another five weeks, got it done again, things were better, and then I kind of started my off-season from there. So I effectively held my off-season off kind of an extra month um, for that. Um, so hopefully I won't need to this year, but you know needs must and yeah longevity, longevity and health. So. And I was waiting to say, and I think that it speaks volumes the fact that you postponed that for five weeks because of just you mentioned the word time so many time so, so many occasions on this episode, and I hope that that's something the listeners take from this that if you just buy into whether they have a vision or they don't, you just buy into the fact that whatever you do, it will take. A long ass time and if you're willing to do it you'll get there and um, so ju- just really awesome I just wanted to back up and I also remember I think I, I James Sutton used to coach me three years ago I came down you were at M10 you were eating a meal in between a client and uh, I remember sitting there I was like oh my god it's Josh Malley rocking back and forth <laughs> I, was, I was like hey Josh how's your off season going and, and you were just casually eating your chicken rice you were like oh it's not even started yet and I looked at you and I was just like damn but that makes sense but at the time I was fully aware like uh, and perhaps still was a couple of years ago of this, this rebound phase it's magical and oh my god we can put in so much tissue and I look at it and go yeah, you just got a little bit of fat Von really and yeah. yeah you got a bit strong it was just just wait so I guess that being aware of time I'm just going to almost finish off here with if we were to, to look at the current UK bodybuilding scene is there anything that you would change within that scene the industry competing whatever it is and if so why would that be? 
right now, I think um, first, like UK bodybuilding, UK bodybuilders in particular are in an awesome place. Like there are so many fantastic athletes um, representing really well at a really high level. Um, so from a, from a bodybuilder's point of view, you know, strength to all of us, we're doing a great job. Um, from as a, as a sort of scene, the only thing that I I, I wish would be no issue is just the like nobody really thinking that anything less than anyone competing in a different federation compete with where you want um you know yes on paper you could probably list the sort of hierarchy of, of feds um but like i said before it doesn't matter what stage you step on if you're your best and you're you know you yourself are happy um you know and, and just Obviously, it's, it's hard because federations, they are a business. So I suppose they're less willing to support themselves or each other. But like uh, just a little bit more, I suppose, friendliness maybe between that. Um, but ultimately, you know, we're in a great place. There's so many federations that are available and there's so many federations that are being, you know, well run and, and truly do as much as possible because, again, they're a business put the athletes first um so i i think we're i think we're doing pretty well just you know everyone just needs to get along and yeah and respect respect everyone like i said it doesn't matter if you compete you know naba two bros ifbb pca ibfa you know anywhere just i, I like know, i like these we're said. all bodybuilders and we're all bodybuilding yeah. so I, I like that you said that supporting each other along the journey um I, yeah. Me, me personally, I my main class right now is classic bodybuilding, classic physique. But I'm doing warm up shows in IFBA as a class one. Yeah. Now, I am 34, 35, 40, 50 kilos less than Josh Malley. and we'll be going. We'll be getting out muscle by some guys by 10, 15 kilos and whatnot. But um, having been able to be up there with guys of that size and just, I think that for me. Um, years ago I would have been envious of being on that stage beside them whereas now I just have a huge amount of respect and I just go wow you just you just you just lifted for fucking years and, and I think anyone out there um, that doesn't follow you should and I think that, that your journey would be an inspiring one for, for anyone doesn't even matter if you're tall or short but especially tall guys um, because of what you've done um, but I think that as a sort of standpoint or source of inspiration uh, for myself it's been huge so a massive thank you for coming on the podcast but what i want to do before we wrap up is i would like you to give the listeners a, an idea of where they could perhaps get in touch with you um your instagram handle um maybe you do book signings you know where you could buy your book stuff like that uh, get your autograph well, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah if you could let us know about that yeah uh, so i mean the best the best place to contact me is, is instagram um so at josh underscore Mailey um and i've got like my email link there um so you know if anyone's got any kind of um coaching questions etc um i try and start off my instagram pretty much i put all my focus there because i figure you might as well do one thing well um and then start off with that than anything else uh, i've started a youtube um i can't even i don't even remember the name of it someone asked me the other day <laughs> i was like surely if you just search my name it'll come up um but th that's just a little sort of side project there to challenge me almost personally a bit more and i'm not really with technology i'm not um i, I want to get better in front of the camera so that was kind of the, the purpose of that and it just gives people a bit more of an in-depth uh insight into, into, into what i do um 
and yeah, I mean that's they're the best places, best places to get me. Apart from that, if you want to kind of see me, the majority of but I, I try and get to a lot of shows. I love bodybuilding, um, and you know, if in the coming uh, kind of week, well, what have we got? Sort of season starts by April. Um, I've already got sort of three or four shows that I know I'm going to be at, um, and then all the way through to Body Power. And then again, at the back of the year, I'll be I'll be about a lot. I see some people, and they're like, I see you every weekend. You know, like, <laughs> not go to a show. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, clients, or I have interest, or I just like being there. So, yeah. I think some of the Scottish listeners might be wondering, when are you going to come to one of the Scottish regionals? We want to see you up here. When are you going to guess what's up here? I do need to, actually. One of my clients met me the other day. He was like, oh, if ever you're, uh, if you're ever, uh, I, think he's, I think he's Edinburgh. He was like, if ever you're about anyways, like, you come stay with me, it's fine. I was like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. And I would, yeah, I do uh, need to pull my feet. I've got a couple of clients up there, actually, really good friends as well. So um, maybe that's inspired me to, or prompted me to pull my finger out. Absolutely, dude. This is a Scottish bodybuilding podcast, and we want to see you. Yeah. But the thing is, our, our shows are always March, April, and then they're June. They are at the start of your off-season, or they're pretty much mid, you know, the start of your prep, yeah. whatever it is. So, so we may we may never see you, but ultimately I say to everyone, if you want to see Josh, go travel. It only takes five hours in a car to get to Nottingham. Um, just find out the Jimmy trains at, and I'm sure yeah. I'm sure you'll give you your autograph, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, shit, handwriting, but yeah. <laughs> cool, my man. Well, for everyone listening out there, um, wherever you are, whatever you do, I think that for myself, from Josh, we both say, give it the beans. <laughs>